About tomorrow, leave it uh, B flat. <clears throat> I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't bore.
Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Just to think, friends, that He walks beside us. And His presence is with us. And we're covered by His blood. What a wonderful reality it is to us. Praise God. I know the master of the wind. Could we sing that together? My boat of life sails on a troubled sea. Ever there's a wind in my sails. But my heavenly Father, He watches over me when the breeze.
to lift up your name, Lord Jesus. We're here to worship you, Father. Oh, Lord Jesus, for you are worthy of our praise. We honor you this morning, Lord. We reverence you, Father. You are marvelous in our eyes, Lord. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We pray, dear God, that you would just come in our midst, Lord. Move in our places we dwell in, Lord. You know where we dwell at, Father. You know our needs, O God. You know our desires, Lord. Oh, you know the deepest parts of our heart, Father God. We're so thankful, Lord, that you promised to never leave us or forsake us. You'd guide us, Lord, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Lord. We don't have to fear any evil, Lord God, for you are with us. You walk with us, Lord. Oh, you lead us along, and we are so thankful for that, oh God. You are the great shepherd, Lord. We just worship you this morning, Father. Let everything that hath breath praise thee, O Lord God. Every child of God, lift up your name and praise and worship this morning, Lord Jesus. Have your way this morning, God. We just give you this service, Lord. Service unto thee, Father. Everything that we do, Lord God, we just want it to be a praise unto thee, Father. We pray for our brother Tom who will minister this morning, Lord Jesus. Oh God, will you just anoint his lips, Father. Anoint his whole being, oh God, to speak forth what you have in store for us, Lord. Lord, let your word go forth, Father, across the airwaves, Lord Jesus. Meeting the needs of your people, oh God. Touching our lives, Lord God. Quickening us, Lord God. Have your way this morning, Lord. Meet every need, Father. Heal the sick, O Lord. The sick in our midst, Father God. We remember them, Lord Jesus. Pray that you'll touch them, Father. Oh, Lord God, we heard so many times in this message, Lord. It's part of the atonement, Lord. It's our inheritance, Father. And we claim it in your name for our brothers and sisters, oh God. We worship you this morning, Lord. We just pray that you'll take full control of every ex- every exercise of this service, Father. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> God bless you, everyone. It's so good to be with you and worship the Lord together with you. And pray that God will just meet your every need. And good to see you on the Zoom this morning. And those that have joined with us. And those that are streaming with us, we just welcome each and every one from both near and far. Some people stream from many, many miles away, and we just want to welcome each and every one of you. God bless you richly. My God is awesome. He can move mountains. (laughs) My God is awesome. He can move mountains.
Let's sing the second verse together. My God is awesome, Savior of the whole world, giver of salvation. By His stripes I am healed. My God is Hallelujah. Our God, our God truly is awesome. And we just rejoice in that, don't we, this morning. Amen. We're going to invite our brother Tom to come out and minister for us. And he's asked that we sing a little song together, a chorus that we've sang here, Had It Not Been For A Place Called Mount Calvary. We're so thankful for that place. Amen. For our Lord Jesus. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, had it not been for a place called Mount Calvary. Had it not been for the old rugged cross. Had it not been for a man. Sacrifice that was needed to buy eternal life for you and me. Oh, had it not been for a place called Mount Calvary, had it not been for the called heaven's angels. 
Jesus Christ this morning. You that have gathered, you can keep on playing, brother. Ben. Nice to see each and every one of you. No different than it would be if you were sitting in the pew. God knows no space, no time, no distance. He knows nothing. It's us. It's us that's got this all rearranged. And David, you're sitting in a, a softer seat than you would be where you're here, but we're still in the presence of Almighty God. We're here to lift up that lovely name, the name above all names. We're not here to lift up a man. We're not here to lift up anyone but Christ Jesus. And without him, my soul, my soul will be lost. The message is not all about what we know about Brother Branham and all we know about what he spoke. Because what the prophet came was to point us to this lovely one. This lovely one called the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this morning, before we go even into the announcements, I would love if we could all just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, the word declares, as Paul admonished, that I would that men would pray always. Not how long we pray, Lord, get lost in our own thoughts, but that you would see our heart. And you would see the burden of it and the longing of it. And Lord, there's many this morning that we have on our hearts. Brother Ken Ardeal, he's laying in a hospital room today asking for prayer. He doesn't need to ask. Lord, we willingly hold up a son of God before the throne of grace. One who has given much to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that you will come in his little hospital room. That the presence of God would saturate it, Lord. That when doctors or nurses come in, all they can sense is a different presence. Would you touch him? Would you raise him up? Would you heal him quickly, Lord? We've got a virus. They got a name for it. They call it COVID. They got a name for all these demons, Lord. But you have given us the power to bind and the power to loose. And so we bind that devil, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, that our brother would be loosed and free and whole. His home, his wife, 
children and grandchildren. I pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would blanket that home. And all those that have joined this morning that have a need, may they lift up their hearts to you and say, Jesus, without you, I would be lost. Without this word, where could we go? So I'm asking, Father, you'll touch each and every one that has a need this morning. That you would be glorified through this little meeting. That the word would be lifted up high, for you are the word. Bless your children. Feed them, Lord. It not just be the man behind the desk that's inspired. But may you inspire each and every one that has joined and will join in the future. We ask, Lord, take the service. For your glory, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you, God bless you, each and every one of you. It's a wonderful day to be serving God. It's a wonderful day to lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful day to be in the presence. We want to be remembering Brother Ken Andes. He'll be ministering tonight at Mount Baker Bible Way Camp, and the meeting will be at 4 o'clock. And we've always enjoyed Brother Ken's ministry, and we just pray that God will bless him in a very special way, as he will labor for the kingdom. Lord, uh, Lord willing, I have a little announcement here, Lord willing, um, I'm planning on being uh, down with you that are on the state side on January the 24th, that Sunday, and January the 31st. We'll see how we can, I can stay over a weekend through the week, and then one more uh, service on the Sunday. I'll be taking the Sunday morning services, so those mo- morning services will be at 11 o'clock, and uh, then the evening services will be back in Cloverdale, and they'll be at 5 o'clock, and Brother Tim and Brother Murphy will be taking those, so we'll just switch it up a little bit and see what the Holy Spirit will have, and we will keep those um, uh, times posted on the internet on our webpage, and uh, we have to say is We've been taught through the scripture, the Lord willing, the Lord willing. So I want to greet you, I want to greet each and every one of you this morning. We live in a crazy time, a dark time, uh, gross darkness time. And uh, what do you want to say, bizarre time? This is all bizarre, but it's a time, a time for the bride to shine. It's time for us to come to our manifestation. It's time now that we can get alone with God in our own private homes and to have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ personally. And that you need to take that time. And, and now the time is, is given. You don't have to worry about fellowship because there is none. In Canada, uh, it's a lonely home at the Ray residence. I wouldn't say too lonely. I have my precious wife and I have the Lord Jesus and that's it. And we have uh, those kinds of times. But um, we're looking for a time of rapture. And uh, we have to keep that focused and in our minds. Rapture. Luther lived his time. Wesley lived his time. Pentecost had its time of the restoration of the gifts. But now it's our time to put on a body change. And don't let all this stuff that's around us that's happening distract us. It's all distractions. It's all trying to get your minds all caught up in the events of life and the craziness that is, is uh, uh, unfolding. But lift up your head for your redemption 
draw nigh. So without any further delay, I'd like to turn to the scripture. Uh, a scripture that uh, to me is, is something I've talked or spoke about over the various years. But it's a, uh, a psalm, Psalm 31, that David wrote. And it's a psalm that's real and precious to me. Psalms chapter 31. We want to keep on remembering Brother Ron Spencer. Uh, we want to keep on remembering the Pruitt family. We want to keep on remembering the needs that are in the body of Christ. For remembers in particular one another. It's a body. And uh, when one suffers, we all suffer. And a lot of times we get so focused on our own need that we forget about the needs of the body. And Brother Brown said, true Christianity is living for others. Not for yourself, not for your own glory, but for the glory of God. And may we just be sensitive to the needs of those that are around us. And may we be sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says here in Psalms chapter 31, and I mentioned this on New Year's Eve, and we had a a wonderful time, and I want to have the opportunity to thank each and every one of you for your participation and your kind emails and your texts and your different notes that have been sent to me. It was a special, we always say that every New Year's Eve is special. There's never been a New Year's Eve like that. Well, there's never been a New Year's Eve like what we had. But it was tailor-made for us. And the brethren that did labor, I know it's been said, but I haven't said it really, uh, that have labored so much through this year uh, to make all this possible. It's amazing. And it's amazing that the technology was set up already. As I said to one of the brothers overseas, um, when this COVID started to come in, and Brother Biscoe's vision was to see our church have a school and a school for our children. And then there was a burden that he had that we'd have uh, distant education. And the marvelous thing for me is not only does a man have a burden for it, a lot of people have burdens, but they never carry it out. They just don't carry it out. But the burden was carried out, and Brother Kim, as I think I said, and Brother Ocalo and Brother Michael, Brother Aaron Hardy worked so hard and many others behind the scenes to make it possible. And right when COVID came and schools were shut down, the Lord was mindful of our little ones. And that's what's so pleasing and so warm uh, gratefulness to our Lord to watch over our little ones even at these times. And as I said to, again to the brother, hey, we're in an exodus Moses said, enough, enough. We're not even leaving a hoof behind. And if God is, is mindful of a hoof, he's mindful of especially our little ones. And I want to thank the teachers that have worked so hard to make that also possible. Those that are in the distant education, our sister uh, Jenny, um, Brother Barry Coffey, Sister Rebecca Coffey, many that are working behind the scenes also. It's been a, a special time. It's been a pulling together time of the bride. So God bless you all. Let's turn to the Psalms 31 verse 1. The Bible says here as David penned down, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Let's go to verse 14. But I've trusted 
in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God. And that's where really we're going to start focusing down to this. It's not the God of Brother Tom or the God of Brother Biscal or the God of William Branham. It's my God. That God is my God. So that God, David put his trust in. So my times are in thy hands. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. Let's read verse 14 again. But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, let's all say it together. Thou art my God. Amen. You may have your seats and may God add his blessing to the reading of his word. I've got notes that I have here and I'll try and at best to follow along here as I pen them down, I believe, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And yet we are not dependent on notes, we're dependent on him. And so we're looking to the Lamb of God to come and give us great inspiration. I don't know what your need is this morning, but I know a God that can meet your need. I don't know what it is, but God knows what it is. And I I preached on it years ago uh, on a personal God because it was a time, as I I was actually explaining to one of our grandchildren the other day, I said, can you imagine there was the time when you drove up into a gas station and somebody, they said, "Uh, do you want to fill up or do you, well, how much money? Can we check your oil and can we uh, clean your windshield wipers? And, uh, you know, I mean, it sounds like I lived in the dark ages. A lot of our young people don't even know it used to be called the full service gas station. And now it's all down to there's no personal uh, touch to anything. They've taken that personal touch away. Now you don't go to a bank teller, you go to a bank machine. There's no interaction anymore. There's no personal connection. And now, if we don't watch, we have the message on the computer. We have the message on the computer, and we don't need the body. You need the body. You need the body of Christ. You need one another. And we don't want to take away from that This is just, um, how can we say, a little bit of a help in times like these. Uh, You know, people say, oh, Brother Tom, before we hear you preach, we've listened to Brother Pruitt, Brother Reagan, Brother Ron Spencer. We've got all these time zones. Well, there's only one zone I want to be in, and that's God's time zone. And so we've got the strength of these precious brethren in the body, and we have 1,100 and some odd tapes. And we have archives, I think, all the way back to 2004. There is absolutely no excuse not having a church full of victory. Absolutely none. And so then, if Satan can depersonalize this gospel and just make it at a distance, keep people at a distance, then he has succeeded. But we are to enter into one another's burden. We are to pray for one another. We are to, if you have telephones, you all use it for stuff or just for information rather than the things that really matter. How are you doing? Been praying for you. Keep that in mind. We need to stay connected. 
But we don't need the information that is not fruitful, not needed. I need to know, first of all, what are your needs? Or Brother Biscoe, what are your needs? Brother John would want to know, what are your needs? What, Brother Tim or Brother Murphy, we are here to minister to the body of Christ. And so as David said, I put my trust in the Lord. And I trust this morning that will be not only a statement made by myself from the scripture, but that that would be actually your uh, confession. I put my trust in the Lord. And so then we've, we've alluded, or I'm just calming myself down because I feel like I am a racehorse in the, in the, in the stall ready to, to go with it. And uh, so I'm just trying to hold back a little bit. But if you took a look at it, and Sister Anno and different ones, you would start to think, uh, what kind of times are we in? What kind of times are we really in? And it doesn't take much of a revelation, and I won't spend too much time on this point, because I think we all can say these are weird times. That's not a great revelation, Brother Tom. Or these are dark times. That doesn't even need to take a real revelation. These are dark times, troubling times, unsettling times. And so I want you to know that in any kind of time, my time or your time is in his hands. It doesn't matter then what comes or what situation should arise. If you are in God's hands, my times are in his hands. If you're in his hands, tell me, saints of God, don't you think that he is there to be your strength and portion and help in times of need? Don't you think uh, my time? What kind of time? Good times. We say in the good times. Praise his name. In the bad times, do the same. And, and yet we seem to be so affected by things that are happening in time. When we are in the hands of a timeless God. That sees every situation, every problem, every burden. And, and yet we are perplexed and, and sometimes get distressed and saying, God, I'm in your hands. If I'm in your hands, everything's in, under control. If you're in, if I'm in your care, really, really, does anything else matter? Does, does my wealth matter or my poorness matter, if that's a word? Nothing matters if you're in the hand of God. And so now we take a look and we say, well, Brother Tom, it's dark times. It's a, Brother Brown preached shalom. It's a gross darkness time. That's true. And, but does that surprise you? Did that catch you by surprise? That we are in such terrible times? It should not surprise you that have surrendered themselves to Christ. Because Christ sent a message and a message came to take, as we often have said, take the fear off the people. So it doesn't matter what kind of times we are in or what kind of adverb or adjective or whatever we want to put to these times. God is in control of your time. So we say, well, Brother Tom, I listened to the message called, And Knoweth It Not, and I'm sure everybody that is listening to me now have heard the message, And Knoweth It Not, and some have probably 
heard it more than others. And, and nevertheless, it's still uh, a, a prophet's prophecy has gone forth. And he said, the whole world's groping in insanity. You'll say, well, just a second. When did Brother Branham preach that? 1965. Well, if you lived in his realm, everything looked insane. Because he lived, Brother Bram said, it's like living in between two worlds. And Brother Biscoll has so amply preached on that over the years. And so here he's coming out of one world into this world. And if you go into the realms of God, into heavenly places, hey, Andrew, you would come into this place and say, truly, this is insanity. And can it get any worse? Can it get any worse? Well, apparently... It's getting worse from 1965 to 2021. And so now we can say it's getting worse. And Brother Branham, what did he say in the message? It will get worse. And it will get worse. And it will get worse until it will be a bunch of maniacs. Now think about it. What just happened in the last couple of weeks? What's been happening in the last couple of years? What's been happening in the last decade? The world's getting worse and worse and worse. And we have a bunch of maniacs. But if Satan's kingdom has been so prophesied to be that way, then there has to be a prophecy for God's kingdom to be a certain way. And so then if Satan... As it gets, as the enemy comes in like a flood, then God will raise up a standard. So I want to ask you, where's the standard in the world? If you say, well, Brother Tom, things are getting better. Well, then you're insane. If you think the world's getting better, it's getting worse. So now here it is getting Enemy come in like a flood. Where's the standard? So I'm looking at Sister Shirley and Brother James, and they've been a part of the. the, They've come out under the voice of the uh, of of Malachi four. Come out of her, my people, and be not partakers of her sins. And and you can say, my goodness, the church has declined. Holiness has declined. Worldliness has increased. The world has gone insane. But this message keeps the people clean, keeps them holy, keeps them washed by the blood of the Lamb. And it's not anything you can do, but it's the word in you that God starts to bring it up and raises his standard that is in you. Isn't that marvelous? It's not, you're not a bunch of Catholics. That said, well, I gotta get down and pray for two hours or an hour. I've gotta, I've gotta do this. I, I gotta do nothing. All I have to do is surrender to Jesus. People criticize us because we follow a man. And it's like Brother Briscoe said for years, people are following somebody. People are following somebody. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I will follow this message as that prophet followed Christ. And yet they fault you for that. But their lives are getting worse and worse. But your your life under this message is getting higher and holier than what the world has to offer. We see this increase. 
So then if they're having bad times, I'm going to say I'm in the good times. So we call it the bad news gospel or do we call it the good news gospel? I'm hearing you over the internet right now saying it's the good news gospel, Brother Tom. It's not the bad news. So now we're going to preach to you a good news gospel that's able to deliver young people. It's, it's, it's can save, doesn't matter what age group you're in, can heal and deal and wash and cleanse a people ready for the coming of Christ. It's able to do that. And you, all you do is have a desire for the things of God. Desire more of Him. Desire Christ. So then times are defined by the moment. What's happening in the moment. And so I, I, I started to look up and, and if we're good news, then there has to be bad news. And the bad news, if you want to take a look at it, is your newspapers. Oh, Brother Tom, it's all good news. No, it's not. It's, it's not good news. It's statements are being made. It's more uh, publicized Hollywood than anything. I could care less what some silly actor or actress thinks about anything. And it seems that the news is being bombarded by what other people think. And mostly they're now starting to print what? entertainers think or what singers or rock bands what they think what their political position is they're trying to push an agenda but i don't want that kind of agenda but they have the newspaper and the newspaper it writes on times the times so i think i thought i'd look up what was the first newspaper this is just a little bit of a foundation so don't worry about it. this is not my message yet the first times or the first newspaper that was published was called the Times or the London Times. And from the London Times, from their papers, let's, the first newspaper was born, gave, uh, gave its name to the Times bracket. It's called, you have then the Times of London. You have the Times of India. You have the Straight Times. You have the New York Times. You have the Los Angeles Times. So everybody's trying to say, these are their times. This is the times. But I want to say, my times have nothing to do with their times. Have nothing to do with what they're trying to preach to their people. My times are in the hands of Almighty God. And those are the only times I'm concerned about. I don't care about anything else but God's time my time is his time you have the seattle time you got the daily times in malawi you've got the canberra times you have the malta times everyone trying to distinguish what is important to get a newspaper to sell what information can we give to cause an, a newspaper to fly off the printing press now it's coming over the internet they want to let you know what's just happened. So when you get a newspaper telling you what's just happened, it's already history. 
So everything that you read in a newspaper is already passed. They might say or suggest that, you know, Facebook wants to do this, but they haven't defined it. Or Tesla is going to do this in the future. And they design a car and we got Abraham. I think he's a, a Tesla lover. And they design a Tesla car. He say, that is the coolest thing that I've ever seen. It never gets produced. Because they're just trying to tantalize you. They've got an agenda. They've already got something. But newspapers are telling you about what's happened. And not what's happening. And the gospel is not only telling you what has happened, what is happening, but what will happen. And so then these times that we're talking about are times, saints of God, that have no relevance to your spiritual upbringing. It doesn't matter whether it's a life magazine, doesn't matter whether it's time magazine, it doesn't matter what kind of magazine you read, you're just reading about Something that's happened. And it's past times. But I want to say to you, as they said about Brother Branham, Bible times are here. Bible times are here. That is more exciting to me than the Los Angeles Times, New York Times, Malta Times, doesn't matter what time. When a prophet, as being declared in this generation by the multitudes... And the Bible times are here. And then as time goes on, they push that statement aside. But the Bible is always eternal. Anything that's written in the word is eternal because God is eternal. So anything that you read whether it was written by Moses or whether it was written by Isaiah or Ezekiel, because it wasn't, thus saith Ezekiel, thus saith Isaiah, thus saith William Branham. It was, thus saith the Lord. And so God has prepared a people by the word for these times. I ought. Back up a bit again. God sent a message to you. Behold, I send you, Elijah the prophet. You can put your name there. So God knew what kind of times we would be living in. And so now what he's trying to do by his word is prepare a people For these times. Thus he makes a statement. Before the opening of the seals. Saying the end time condition. The end time message. Will meet the end time. End time. Condition. End time message. Will meet the end time. Condition. So then as a a person walks with God. In this message. You aren't getting weaker. It's impossible for you to be getting weaker if you are in God's hands. My times are in his hands. So God has a reason for me being here or you being here. God has a purpose 
And Brother Ram said in a message, he says, he, until your purpose is complete, you're safe in the arms of God. There's nothing can harm you. Well, you say, well, what's harm? The only harm that can harm you is your spiritual walk. And Satan can't destroy your spiritual walk with God. He can try and hinder it, stop it, but he can't destroy it. And as Abraham heard the voice of God, we have to come to that same conclusion because Brother Bram said, as he dealt with Abraham, he deals with his seed. So Abraham grew stronger in the faith. He was stronger in the faith, believing a promise that was given him 25 years in time. But if my times are in his hands and Abraham's times are in his hands and David's times were in his hands and Rahab's time was in his hands and Moses' times was in his hands and you can say, Sister Linda, my times, Brother Ken's times are in his hands. They're in his tender care. Nothing happens to you but what's for you. Nothing. So my times are in his hands. We are starting to understand, saints of God, times are up. The hour has come. Lift up your head and know your redemption draweth nigh. Brother Bram said, look at the times we are in. And we often quote and say, Brother Nathan, it gets worse and worse and worse. And we just rattle that off our, our fingertips. But look at, look at you today. You're not in church. Look at poor brother John. He's in his little office there all by himself. He would love to be here. He'd love to have you all around you. Hearing the amen. Preach it, brother Tom. This message is everything. We would love to be hearing the roar of the people. The amens and hallelujahs. We'd love to hear that. And yet look at the times we're in. Say, well, they're going to lock our doors and, and, and nobody's been here. Lock our doors. They didn't even have to shoot a bullet. They didn't have to do nothing. All they had to do is a virus and boom, everybody's is on their knees. Around the world, there wasn't even a coup. There wasn't a takeover. There was nothing. All I have to do is say virus. And we're bound by a virus. But I want to say to you, saints of God, we're not bound by a virus. Our lives, my times, are in his hands. And nothing, nothing is going to take me from his hands. He said it's going to get worse and worse. And we, and we quote it. And you say, well, Brother Tom, you've said it three times now. But I want, I want to finish the quote. And that's where we often don't do. We often give maybe a part of a quote. But we don't keep on reading the quote. Brother Bram said it'll get worse and worse, and I, I, I would love to have had every young person listening to me now, because we're going to start getting into the message. I'd love to have every adult and every parent just tuned in right now. Because a prophet came to prepare you for these times, to let you know it's not going to get better, Anthony, I'm sorry. You've got a lovely little wife, you've got a lovely little home, but don't plant your future and saying it's going to be bright times because your prophet already said, and he's already been spoken, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. But that's not what he, he says, it will get worse 
until the Holy Spirit, are you ready, is completely rejected. And God must destroy the people. God must destroy the people. So now here we are, Luis, we're working in this world, we're looking, but we are working for something that's going to be destroyed because it's getting worse and worse till they reject the Holy Spirit. He's outside of the church of Laodicea and it will get so worse that God will have to destroy the people. I say Bible times are here again as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the days of the coming of the revealing of the Son of Man where God destroyed a world. We are living in those times. And you have to come to a conclusion of who's holding your times. Are you in the, in the, being held by the times of Laodicea and be directed by the affairs of what's happening. Capitol Hill in the state. They got a mob going. It's mob mentality and has been for years. All you're seeing is the manifestation of it. You say, ah, oh, this America is going to the dogs. It's gone to the dogs. Since the prophet said in 1956, America rejected this message. So we're trying to prop up something that's already been declared by God. It's over. So let me finish that quote now. It's getting worse and worse and worse, Brother Luis. Until they reject totally the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, and God must destroy the people. So tell me then, how much time do we have? All I say is make sure your times are in His hands and don't worry about what's going to happen. Because God is going to rapture a people. My times. You've been so programmed by news media and newspapers to get caught up in the times of man. And God sent a message so that you could get caught up. And as Brother David sang a song, I want to get caught up and I want to get carried away. But we let the affairs of these times occupy our minds When a prophet came and said, let this mind that was in Christ be in you. Times. Brother Bram said, in Christ identified the same in all generations. He says, now in the beginning, that's when it started. Eternity broke down into time. So now Brother Bram is trying to tell us, how did time get here? How did time get here? Because God's eternal. And with God being eternal, there is no time. But he said, now, as soon as he said, in the beginning. In the beginning. That's when time started. That's when time started. In the beginning. That's when time... Now... Eternity broke down into time. As soon as he said in the beginning. Because now you have a start. Eternity broke down into time. Now after a while, 
time comes back into eternity. Hallelujah. I could dance right now, saints of God. Time started. Eternity broke into time when it was spoken in the beginning and eternity broke. But then a prophet turns around and says, now that will turn back from time into eternity. Of course. He says, but time is allotted space. Time's allotted space. Sometime a man is given, the Bible says, three score and ten, seventy years. Time is an allotted space. You got that, Oren. Time's allotted space. My time is in his hands. Some people's time's 19 years. Some people's five years. Some people are 103 years. But my times are in his hands. So now time is an allotted space. That's why it's London Times. Los Angeles Times. They're talking about times. But we're not creatures of time. Brother Bram says you're creatures of eternity. Creature, because he says in the beginning, he said eternity broke down into time. But we were before in the beginning. Because before in the beginning, we were in the thought of God. And in the thought of God, you always were. And so now we've got this space called time and time is going to stop and break back into where we came from, into eternity. Oh my goodness. Time. Don't get your mind time locked. Time locked. And say, I'm going to retire about this time. That's why I said if me even going to camp, Lord willing. Because you don't know what tomorrow might bring. You don't know what's going to happen. So Lord willing, these things take place. And we get so captivated because we're drilled into time. London Times, Los Angeles Times, the Time Magazine. Time, 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 time. But we aren't time creatures. We're creatures of eternity, just in a space of time, ready to leave from here into eternity. Are you with me? Leaving from this time into eternity. Time isn't a lot of time. And that's the only thing we know is, is inches, yards, and miles. Kilometers for the Canadians, meters, centimeters. That's what he's saying. Now he's talking about time and figures and so forth. Are you ready? But that's nothing to God because he always was. So we live in a world defined by time. We live in a world defined by time. And we get stuck in that world defined by time. But God sent a word today to break you out of time into eternity. <laughs> yes, he broke you into time from time and loosed you to come 
into eternity. Like I said, I would love to preach what I'm saying. I'd love to preach it. But I want to get some facts and some of my heart to you through this little message. If you were my children and we were around our table, I would say, children, wake up. Wake up. We are not bound by the events of this time. We are bound by a message that's come to push us, impel us, compel us into an eternal realm. But how often you hear about the politics, Trump this, or Biden that, or Trudeau said this, and maybe we'll get trade, and maybe the borders will open up, maybe they won't open up, and we're so, oh, London now is shut down, they're not allowed to fly into Canada, and we're all caught up into time. But when's the last time we sat down and said, hey, if God deals with Abraham's seed, Like he dealt with Abraham. Where's Jehovah Jireh in my life? Where is El Shaddai in my life? Where is Melchizedek in my life? You sit here and you say, well, that's just phrases. No, that's a reality. God dealt with Abraham and moved him into a place where he met Jehovah Jireh. He met Melchizedek. He met El Shaddai. And I ask you, if he dealt with Abraham's seed in time, how about you? How about your encounters? How about where God is bringing you? God has already provided the lamb. You say, well, that ram wasn't even there. He was there all the time. When Abraham... Now, now let, let's just back up a bit. And I'm getting way ahead of myself, but let's get back up a bit. When Abraham called the call of God, and, and, and the call of God said, Abram, separate yourself. Come with me. And you're going to a place you don't know where you're going. Don't have a clue where you're going. But God called him. Did Abraham have a trial after God called him? Could you say, God, Abraham's time was in God's hands? Did it shock God that he would come against a king of Bemelech? Did it shock God that he was going to meet Abraham as Melchizedek or Jehovah Jireh? God knew all those encounters were going to take place. So then if he deals with his seed as he did Abraham... These are times now when you can get alone with God in this space called time and say, Lord, I have a need and I'm going to bind Satan. I have a need of healing. You've provided a ram for, uh, uh, for Abraham. You can provide my ram. You can provide my sacrifice. You are that light that came between those sacrifices in Genesis 17. Lord, I need to be In your presence. I want to be. Led of God in these times. I want to ask you. Very soberly and individually. 
from the time God spoke to Abraham, come out of the land of the Chaldeans, out of the city of Ur, come out. Did he have a picnic or did he have a battle? There's not one instance where Abraham put his arms behind his head and said, I'm just praising God. Nothing's going to happen to me. I'm fine. But no, he had to fight with five kingdoms, five kings, with 318 farmers. He had to go through trial after trial. Oh, the, and this was a, a term that I'm really getting to. It, it really gets me. The science of this. The science of this. And we know, Brother Bram said, science is of the devil. But there is science. And God does use it. So there is a balance in everything. But science says, Abraham, you're 99 years old. There's no way you're going to have a child. There's no way this message is right. You've got to believe that it was God that called you. And moved you from time to eternity. Because nothing shook Abraham from the promise of being father of nations. Nothing shakes a believer from the call in which God has called him to. And that's called rapture change. Rapture is my promise. Beloved, as Jude said, beloved. When I gave all diligence to write unto you of this common salvation, it was needful to me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. So very quickly, in that space of time, very quickly, God had to have Jude pen these words down to encourage those in the faith. So let me put another try say, beloved, I'm making every effort to write about this common salvation. I'm compelled to write it. I'm urgently appealing to you that you fight strenuously for the defense of this faith. And if Jude had to write and pen such words as this, I feel I'm in pretty good company. And I'm strenuously trying to push, propel you into this faith that you have been believing. Earnestly contend for it. Agonize over it. Ah, but now everything is becoming casual. And look what's happening now. We used to get dressed up for church. We used to uh, put our shiny, shiny shoes on. And, and now we can just relax. And we see it in the business world. I used to go to, into accountants' offices and bankers' offices. And they used to have three-piece suits and everything. like. Now everybody's in khakis and unbuttoned shirts. Everything's becoming common. And we're not going to let this message become common. We're going to push you, encourage you, earnestly contend for this faith. Because in this space of time, 
Satan is trying to take your minds and warp them and form them and mold them into just simple affairs of life that have no meaning. The only thing that has meaning is Christ. Earnestly contend for this word. Strive for this word. Agonize for this message. It denotes, as the Greek said, it denotes as a runner in a stadium. He's not looking to the left, as I said a couple of weeks ago, or to the right. He's got his eyes on the prize. I'm taking this little message as my times are in his hand, or the times that are in this space of time. God is directing every step in this time. And we're earnestly contending that you don't worry about these times. That God's in control. And you say, and you sing, and I've said, good times, praise the Lord. Bad times, praise the Lord. Do the same. We sing it, saints of God. I want to encourage you. I want you to agonize over it. Is it going to get worse? Yes. But the ram said it's going to get worse and worse until they totally reject the Holy Spirit and he has to destroy man. What a day we're living in. What a day. You say, well, Brother Tom, why are you earnestly doing this? Why? Why, why would you just take your children around the table and earnestly contend with them and, and, and say, come on, boys, wake up. We've got a job to do. we got a word to fulfill. we got a message to hold up. Why would you do that, Brother Tom? Because I would have to point them back to the word, not to my emotion, not to the way I feel. But what the word says. Gross darkness the land. Gross darkness the people. That was a prophecy. But then there was another prophecy. Said at the evening time. There shall be light. In the evening time. So that light has to drive out that darkness. In that space of time. Darkness is not going to affect me. It's light that's going to affect me. I trust you can earnestly contend for this light. Because the Bible says that thou, uh, and light shined in darkness. And light shined in darkness. I know most of you can finish that for me. Light shined in darkness and darkness comprehended it not. A lot of us, if we take a look at that word comprehend, we say you're trying to, you know, understand it. Darkness is trying to understand light. But that's not what the Greek says. That in a time. And light shall shine in darkness. And darkness comprehended it not. It's not that they don't understand it. There's nothing in them that the Bible says. It's called to seize it. They couldn't seize it. They couldn't take a hold of it. They didn't want it. Just do as your brother and you will do well. There's nothing in them that earnestly wants to contend for it. Trust I know I'm hitting a point and I know it's hitting home. We need 
by the grace of God, to understand, saints of God, darkness will never comprehend light. And yes, you can have darkness all around you. You can have people that walk in darkness all around you. And they can get caught up in, in your enthusiasm. They can get caught up into your life. But they haven't really seized Christ. They haven't seized it. They've tried to comprehend it. It makes sense. And that's another phrase I, I, I'm starting to hate. My, my sense says... And you hear it all the time. My sense is. Really? I don't want your senses. I want God. (laughs) My sense is this. They can't comprehend it. They can't. It goes into. They can't seize it. They cannot take a hold of it. Because there's nothing in them. In this space. Called time. And as this space goes on. Darkness is separated from light. That's what Brother Bram says here. I, I, I do want you to start shouting and praising the Lord and lifting up your hands and saying, praise God, my time is in His hands. He didn't call me to lose me. He didn't call me for me to get taken up and caught up in Satan's Eden. That's not what He called me for. Brother Bram said, what a glorious time we're living in. Lift up your heads. Your redemption draweth nigh. My, he says, I preached once the world falling apart. And he says, the world is falling apart again. It's just about come to pieces. Look, earthquakes everywhere. He says, I predict before the coming of the Lord Jesus that God will sink that place. And people say, well, what do you mean before the coming of the Lord Jesus? Well, I'll say exactly what he said. Before the coming of the Lord Jesus, 1964. He said, I'll sink that place. I believe Hollywood and Los Angeles, those are filthy places over there. That God Almighty will sink them and go beneath the bottom of the sea. Yes, sir. Who do you say this is? He says that the world again is coming to pieces. Look at the earthquakes in California. He says, I predict before the coming of the Lord Jesus. Oh, he says, God of this evil age. Look at the world today. The spirit of lawlessness. Does does Capitol Hill shock you? It's a disgrace. But Brother Bram said, here comes a democracy. Doesn't last for 200 years. It's already been spoken. And it's been falling apart, falling apart. Now you're seeing the manifestation in time. He said, we're heading to a climax. It's lawless, moral decay. Scientific religion has led to the cage of every hateful and unclean bird. But, are you ready to lift up your voice and praise him? But, to the church, the bride, that rapture is a revelation to her. It's revealed to her. The true bride of Christ is waiting For the rapture. (laughs) When? In this space called time. She's waiting to go back to where she came from. To eternity. She's waiting for the revelation of the rapture. It's a revelation for. The revelation is faith. You cannot have a revelation without being faith. 
But the Ram goes on to say, he says, the Gentiles are called out. The bride is ready. The rapture is at hand. Can we realize that? Can we earnestly contend for this now? Are we going to earnestly contend for who we think or what the next four years are going to bring and the decay of America? It's already spoken. But I want your minds to keep being pressed. Rapture. Ready. Rapture. At hand. Do we realize it? Do we actually believe it? So you say, well, Brother Tom, why are you earnestly then preaching about it? Because saints of God, listen. When Jesus spoke to the disciples and said, when you see Jerusalem encompassed about, was that a sign for them? When they saw the Roman soldiers, 60,000 of them, coming to surround Jerusalem, Jesus said, when you see that, flee to the mountains. So now the word was given to the believer in that situation to not be caught in the gates of Jerusalem. And you know and I know that when Rome and the soldiers surrounded Jerusalem, they slaughtered one one place was they slaughtered 1.1 million Jews in Jerusalem. But God had given them a message in time to flee from their situation and to get out of Jerusalem. And Josephus, as you know, the prophet said, not one of those cannibals were caught in Jerusalem because he called them cannibals because they thought that they took the body of Jesus. He said, take this body eat this flesh and drink this blood. He said, all those people that believed in that Jesus, not one of them was caught up in the slaughter of Jerusalem. And I want to say to you this morning, saints of God, without preaching it as hard as I'd like to preach it, God is getting us caught up in this word so that you and I won't die in Laodicea. We will be raptured. We will get carried away, David. We'll get carried away because this message is a reality. It is the rapture. What kind of people ought we to be in these kind of times? What kind of people ought we to be in these kinds of times? What is God desiring for a people that make the declaration, Thou art my God, and my times are in your hands. I had one brother say to me, Brother Tom, you, you go through this problem, you go through that problem, you go through this problem. I've never heard you complain one time. Why? I heard the expression years ago, why complain? Nobody listens. But if you rejoice, you'll get the attention of somebody. You say, well, how is Daniel rejoicing going to the lion's den, Brother Tom? In the good times. Well, he's a governor of Babylon. 
Praise his name. In the bad times, here I am in the lion's den. Do the same. And he can say, my time is in his hands. And the pillar of fire, Brother Bram said, was there with Daniel. I trust. My trust is in the Lord. My times are in his hands. Huh. I'm looking at you, Roxanne. Have you been in a lion's den lately? <laughs> well, we say, well, no, I got nobody throwing me into a den with lions. But the Bible says that Satan goes about as a roaring lion, seeking to whom he may devour. And I want to say to you this morning, he can't devour you. He can't have you. Just like Daniel couldn't get eaten, you can't be destroyed because your time is in his hands. <laughs> my, 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 my. What kind of people ought we to be? What kind of rejoicing should we say? We've come from eternity and we go back to eternity and, and only time started when it was spoken in the beginning. That was a space called time. But Brother Bram said, that space called time is going to go back to eternity again. With your Bible in your hands. If you've got your Bibles, let's turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. My goodness. Forgive me. An hour and the foundation is just being completed. I'd like to get to the message now. <laughs> oh, my. I can feel you pulling right through those little screens right there. You're doing real well. <laughs> Thank you, Brother John. God bless you all. Matt, Mark. Did I say Mark? Mark. I'm sorry, Matthew. Mark, Luke, and John. Yes, Mark. Mark 4 and 39. Mark 4 and 39. The Bible says, And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. My, my. We, we preach it and say, that's exactly right. But let's read verse 38 up first now. And he was in the hind part of the ship, asleep on the pillow. And they awaked him and said, Master, carest not that we perish? Don't you care? Well, he cared so much he was asleep. He was at rest to know who he was. He realized that no devil could drown him. No devil could sink him. But the disciples haven't come to that revelation yet. Oh, he says, and he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Oh, I'm earnestly contending right now for you. Because if they had a revelation of what David had wrote in the Psalms, they would have been sleeping with him. My time is in his hand. Do you know who was in the boat? 
you know, who was in the boat? His disciples were in the boat. Simon Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, James, the son of Elpheus, Simon. Oh, I love this one. I'm gonna, I wanna meet Simon, who was called the Zealot. May that be my name. Tom, who is called the Zealot. They were all in the ship with Jesus. And if they realized that their time was in his hands, Satan can't sink the ship. Come on. Satan can't sink your home. He can't sink you. He can't sink your family. Our times are in his hands. Peter, he had a family. James, John, Philip, they had their parents. They had loved ones. Aren't you concerned, Lord, our families? What will they do without us? Oh, ye of little faith, let peace be your portion today. Because if they couldn't sink the ship when Jesus was in it, and Jesus in your ship, I'm sorry, devil, you can't sink one of us because my time is in his hands. All he needs to speak to you this morning from this simple little message, peace, be still, little bride, all is well. We are in a rapture. We have stepped into a place called time, but time isn't going to form my mind. The word is going to form my mind. These people, they got so much to say and try to convince you that this message is not right. He's a false prophet and a bunch of garbage and nonsense. And people would waste the rest of their lives preaching such hatred, preaching such nonsense, when I can look at their lives and see it degraded and becoming an abomination by looking at a people that believe a message has come and they're getting higher and holier and walking with Jesus. I'll take that message any day. Any day. Because, saints of God, my time was in his hands. He was the one that called me no different than he called Abraham. No different than he called Samuel. That same voice that spoke to Samuel and Abraham and to Elijah and to the prophets is the same voice that spoke to you, Sister Esther, that spoke to you, Sister Rena. It's the same God who spoke to the woman at the well. It's the same God. In a space called time. Because he knows. Who is his eternal seed. I must needs go by Samaria. Because God knew. Jesus knew. That there was a predestinated. Elected lady. That her time. Was in his hands. And Satan you can't have Rahab. Did you notice. The exodus was right in line with Rahab. Do you know that this message came right in line with you and me? 
Because God saw that seed in you. And as Brother Biscoe said, the token, she already had the token and she didn't know it. You have already had that word in you and you didn't know it. And the prophet said, that gene in you found you. Brother Roy, I would expect a glorious hallelujah. Amen. I'm watching you, buddy. I'm seeing you leaning forward, lifting your hands, rejoicing. Because we are living in those Bible times. Because Bible times are eternal times. Not Laodicea time. Not Los Angeles times. Not India times. We are in Bible times. Amen. He's still Jehovah Shalom. He's still, Brother James, Jehovah Shalom. Jesus is all those redemptive names. So if he was Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Tiskanu. He's Jehovah Shammah, the Lord present. He's the Lord our righteousness. He's the Lord our shepherd. He never loses any of his attributes. So if he's Jehovah Shalom to Gideon, he knew Gideon's time was in his hands. He knew exactly where Gideon would be. And he interrupted your life and says, I've got a job for you to do. I've got a message for you to herald that God is alive and Satan is a liar and you cannot have my land. This is my inheritance. Brother Ram said he's still Jehovah Shalom. And he still speaks words of peace. He gives peace to the restless at heart and minds. Those who've been tossed by the winds and fears of anxiety and distress. If Jesus is in your ship, you are in his hands then I want you to say, I want him to speak peace to my soul this morning. Speak peace, Lord. Take the anxiety, take the distress, the despondency. Listen, saints of God. He's my healer, Sister Andrea. He's my healer. When I first went in for my ankle replacement, Back when I was 48 years old. Over 18 years ago. And my son. Wept with me. He said dad I thought God was going to give you a new ankle. You would not have to go through this. I said honey. Don't worry. I've got my new ankle. He just said. He didn't say when I would get it. He just said I would get it. He didn't tell Abraham when he would get Isaac, but he would get Isaac. And you and I get caught up in time. In time. And time starts to mold us and we want instantly, instant this, instant, instant. But God is a God of peace. Brother Branham said if he gave you everything that you wanted immediately, it would make you impatient. 
not patient. Is he your healer this morning? He's my healer because that's what he is. He's my peace. That's what he is. He's my righteousness. That's what he is. He's my God. I put my trust in him. I'm sorry. If you put your trust in the church, you're going to fail. You put your trust in me, you're going to miserably fail. But if you put your trust in him, you will never fail. He'll never fail you. Your time is in his hands. But brother Tom, I've been given a promise. I've been given the promise. But just wait for it. Just wait for it. Can you imagine Joseph? Here's Joseph, favorite of his father. Coat of many colors. Hated by his brethren. Planning to kill him. But he has a dream. The sheaves shall bow down. Prophecy. The stars and the moon and the sun shall bow. Prophecy. If that's prophecy, you tell me, is the devil ever going to stop that prophecy from being fulfilled? Can't happen. Can't happen. David couldn't be killed. Why? Because he was anointed under a prophet's message to sit on the throne. No Goliath couldn't kill him. God's watching over his children. The Bible says that that here was Joseph at 17 years old was told, your brothers are going to bow to you. Your parents are going to bow to you. And he could have jumped out of his tent and said, praise the Lord, brothers. Don't hate me anymore. You're going to bow to me. Oh, that would have made them really upset. But no, they had to throw him in a pit. They had to put him in Pontifer's house. They had to put him in prison. And he could have said, Lord, you gave me this promise. Indeed, he did. Thirteen years goes by before he gets the fulfillment of the prophecy. Jesus gives the prophecy, Jerusalem shall be encompassed about. Forty years later, it comes to pass. God has given us many, many promises, saints of God. Don't get caught up and molded into time. It's got to happen this time. God doesn't know time. God's timeless. So Lord, in your time, my times are in your hands. God, whatever you want to do with it, Do with me what you please. Musicians, why don't you come? I'd like you to turn before we close to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. Above all that we ask or think, according to the power 
Where does it say? What does your Bible say? I want to see your lips move. What does your Bible say? According to the power that worketh where? In us. Hallelujah. The power that worketh in us. My life is in his hand. He's awakening the bride to her position. They've quoted, he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly all that we ask or think. And they always stop there. Huh, Brother Nathan. They always stop there. But they don't go on to say, according to what? I'm being a little bit slow here because I want you to start understanding what is in you. According to the power that worketh in you. Amen. That in the Greek says, who's able to carry out his own purpose. God is able to carry out his purpose. Your time's in his hands. He will carry out his purpose super abundantly. Super abundantly. God able to super abundantly do more than we dare ask or think are beyond our hopes and our dreams, one translation says. But they all translation says, and to the power, to the power that worketh in us. God is going to accomplish super abundantly in this space of time what he's called you for. He's called you to be an overcomer in this time. He's called you to be a super church in this time. He's called you to be a wonderment in this space of time. That's what he's called you to be. And now all you need to do is confess, that's me, Brother Tom. That's me. The last warning to the church, Brother Bram said in in Revelation 3 and 22. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. So that was the last warning. But he goes on to say, what's happening here? The throne room is set up. The 12 foundations have been laid. The streets of gold are paved. The gates of pearl are raised and hinged. Hallelujah. Amen. We're moving now from time to eternity, Nathan. We're moving now. Get your eyes on what's waiting for you. Get your eyes on. Think about it now. The throne's ready. Foundations are ready. The streets are already paved with gold. The gigantic pearl gates have been raised and hinged. And like a pyramid, she stands so fair and glorious. Heavenly beings have been prepared and are watching breathlessly. Oh, God. Let us move from time into the eternal thoughts of God. 
Get into future home. Get into things that are to be. Get into rapture message. Don't get into ABC News time. Fox News time. CNN News time. They will start folding and molding your mind to be perplexed and distressed in this time. And God wants to move you from time and move you into the eternal thoughts of God. The pearl gates, gigantic gates are already set. And you'd know what that means, Brother Nathan. They're set and they're hinged to that great city. In that city where the Lamb is the light, in that city where there cometh no night, I've a mansion over there, and I'm free from toil and care. I am going where the Lamb, that's the wrong key, by the way, is the Lamb, not me, me, not you, Ben. In the is the life in that city where there's come in no I've In that city where the land is the light. In that city where there comes no night. I am a mansion over there and went free from torment. There's a country. There's a country far beyond the starry sky. Where there comes no night. Oh, if we're faithful, we will go there by. In that city where the land is alive. In that city where there comes. Do you have my mic on? Let's just take this time to lift up our hands and give him praise now. (laughs) Hallelujah. My times are in his hands in this space of time called time. He's trying to move us from time to eternity. Move us from this space that is trying to befuddle your minds. But Jesus has sent a word to give you clear thoughts, clear understanding, a clear vision, a clear purpose, and a clear prize. Oh, saints. Will we hear worse? Oh, they're going to tell you. 
Wave two's come. Wave three is coming. Now it's a, it's, it's what do they call it? A mutant. It, it's become another mutant virus, and people are all stressed out, all perplexed, and all worried. When I was praying for Brother Ken, Sister Linda, I realized as I was studying this little message, my time's in his hands. Ken's time is in his hands. Ron's time is in his hands. These times are in God's hands. And nobody's going to move us away from the promise of thus saith the word of God. We love him with all our hearts. Brother Ron told me when he got the doctors, the doctor, Brother Ron Spencer, they said, we're just going to give you three months. Going to give you three months. Brother Ron, God bless that soldier of the cross. He's still preaching. He's still standing. And he's still pressing. Why? Our times are in God's hands. David, you could not get crushed. I thought of you when I think about it. Under a, a truck. I've got nothing to repent over. I've got nothing to be sorry for. I've got a truck holding on my chest. But your time is not over. Your time is in his hands. And I'm so thankful he's given you more time. You add so much to the body of Christ. Do you know how to press that button and uh, go on speaker? Do you know how to do that, Dave? So that you can pray? Do you know how to do that? You still there? Yes, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. I love you to hear that voice, brother. Okay, brother. Amen. Normally I'm hearing an amen in church. Now I'm hearing your voice. Well, we're looking forward to getting back in church. Amen. Well, why don't you pray a blessing upon the people? And may the glory of God rest upon each and every one of you as Brother David prays. God bless you, David. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time we've had together, Lord. Yes, the key phrase of the service, Lord, our times are in your hands, yes, Lord. Yes, yes. And we rest in that, Lord. We do. What know that what we a have peace. a time that we begin and yeah. a time we end, or we have a journey in life. Hallelujah. And we thank you that our journey in life was interrupted by your great presence and your Jesus, word, Father. Jesus, Jesus. What a glorious day it was, Father, that light struck our lives. Hallelujah. Thought of the time I walked into Cloverdale thirty something years ago, Lord. Yeah. Never realizing walking through a little door of a building one day Hallelujah. was going to be a life changing experience, Hallelujah. Father. Thank you for that day, Lord. Yes, and we do. We praying that every one of our young people and our children and our grandchildren will have that experience, Lord Jesus. That life changing experience. Yes, Lord. Grant it to them, Lord, we pray. Yes, oh God. Be with the saints through these difficult times. We pray for our church, the body of Christ around the world, Lord. Remember those that are afflicted with, among us even now. Yes. Father. We've lifted up Brother Ken. We do. And the others, Lord, that are suffering. We do, Lord. Others that need a touch. Our sister Bev, Lord, yes, just came across my mind. We, sister remember Bev. Sister Bev Sharma. She needs a touch Jesus. in her body, Lord. Yes, intercede. We pray that you would rebuke that. Demon in her life that's afflicting her, Lord, as well. Hallelujah. We ask for deliverance for our sister. And thank you for it, Lord. And yes, pray you bless Lord. Brother Tom for his labors. Yes, Lord Jesus. Bless the saints as we go the rest of this yes, day. We Lord. ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, David.
God bless you all. God bless you as you spend the remainder of the day fellowshipping around this glorious word. Brother Ken Andes will be ministering tonight. He'll be speaking. There's different Canada. We have different laws and different orders. In the States, there's different laws and different orders. There might be a little bit of a change tonight. Brother Andes, when he comes to the pulpit, I believe Brother John will introduce him. We just want to abide by as much as we can by the rules and regulations of man. But it's a house of praise. Can't stop us from praising. It's a house of worship. Can't stop me from worshiping. They tried Daniel one day. Don't pray. He kept on praying. There's just certain things we just can't can't help ourselves from being. We're a place of God's worship. Amen. Are you going to that city where the Lamb is the light? Amen. Won't you walk with me, Jesus? Don't ever leave me alone. For without you, I could never. Don't ever That's our goal. You found me when I was so lonely. You found me when I was so lonely. Oh, you found me when I was so blue. You found me when no one would love. sing that chorus one more time. Let me walk with you, Jesus. Jesus' name. You might want to sing that a couple more times. Oh, just let me walk with you, Jesus. God bless you, saints. Have a wonderful service up at Mount Baker Bible Way Camp. We'll be tuned in and we'll be listening to the Word of God tonight. God bless you. Mm, you are good.